you are listening to the Short Combos Podcast. Let's do it. Let's do We're this. Rolling. We're here. We're doing <laughs> it. Okay, we'll, do a, we'll do a quick introduction, then we'll get you involved, uh, Jaddy. Uh, yes, Thank you. This is JC, uh, Too Fast Too Cashman, Warrior of Light. And, and as Mirali, this is the Short Convos podcast, available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And uh, I will let JC introduce our very, very special guest that we have this week. Yes, we have a very special guest, and it's uh, Jaddy Tension. Jaddy, could I could I ask you to <laughs> could I ask you to introduce yourself, please? Because uh, we've got a world of people out there, non-martial arts as well, uh, that would be listening in. Uh, so maybe you could introduce yourself, where where you're from, who you are, and uh, yeah, j- just summarise it for us, please. Um, I'm Jaddy Tension, J A D I, not Jedi. Jaddy <laughs> Tension. Um, from New York City, exactly uh, the Bronx. I've been doing the martial arts for about 35 years, and I'm a multi-time world champion, competed for maybe about 25 years. Um, highly successful school owner, trying to be a wonderful son, a world champion father, and that's me. Wicked. Thank you, Jaddy. Very modest. Thank you. Uh, Jaddy, welcome to our podcast. Uh, as I believe you met as one of our, your seminars while you were in the UK before. Uh, so, yes. uh, well, welcome to our podcast. So, as and I, we have a weekly chat every week and uh, we like to record it now as a podcast. And we talk about everything and everything. Right. Uh, Jaddy, I caught, uh, messaged you last week. It was on the uh, back of the whole uh, George uh, Floyd situation. Uh, I'm just going to call it that at the moment and uh, it was following actually my daughter who's a 15 year old teenager but not a typical teenager I'd like to say as a father she has a you know a more mature head on her shoulder and uh, my wife and I we always talk to her about all worldly things uh, you know we're we're very open as parents yes. uh, however I'll be really honest in this situation I didn't know where I stood with it and uh, I, I, yeah, I was real honestly a bit confused as and I spoke about it uh, last week on our, our podcast. And uh, since I've educated myself a bit, but my wife said you should really get in touch with someone, someone of colour, and speak to them. And uh, she said, you know, probably no one better than Jaddy out there because uh, I think you're, you know, the best speaker in our field of people, our, our sport. I think that's because you're very well educated, understanding uh, guy and got a lot to give. Uh, and uh, what, what, what I think it is, is Jaddy, I don't, or before we open the whole can of worms, how, how I can sort of get this across, I don't see you, Jaddy, as a person of colour. I've grown up with best friends uh, since a very young age, uh, idols, role models, yourself included. Uh, I don't see you as a different race. I don't see you in any difference to who I am. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But am I right in saying this isn't helping the situation? Are you asking me, is that right in helping the situation? Maybe as you could possibly throw something in here as well. So like lead on for where we were last week. I think what JC's asking, uh, and like this, my sister's uh, a bit of an activist in these situations. And she says that it's, it's not the job of people of color to educate white people 
on what is right and what is wrong about racism. Uh, that we need to go out and seek our own education and kind of get rid of our own naivete about things. I think mm -hmm. what JC is trying to ask uh, through us being in the same, running in the same circles is, do you feel that taking race out of the equation is the way to solve things? Is it, is it good enough for people to say, because this is what we were speaking out last week of, People say, well, I'm not racist and I like people of all color and yeah. therefore it's almost like they're washing their hands of the whole situation. Yeah, uh, that's not what needs to be done. Daddy, what, what I am, I'm a bit of a fixer. I like to fix things and mm -hmm. I want to do my bit and I want to educate myself. Uh, so whatever you could give us would be, yeah. Would okay. Be so, so first, I really appreciate us having an honest dialogue um, most times when I speak to many people, it always has something to do with my athletic ability or IQ as far as it pertains to martial arts. And it's good to have these conversations that kind of stray away from that, even though it's all connected to some degree. And I really want to appreciate you two gentlemen, first and foremost. Uh, just to go back to your question, you absolutely have to see my race because that's who I am. Is there more to me? When I say you, I see a white guy. There, I, I don't, only people, when you start saying I'm colorblind, that means everything is neutral. We don't live, we don't live in that world, right? And, and, let, and let me be very honest, and I'm speaking in general, the default can't be white. And let me, and let me tell you what I mean by that. Let me give you an example. Um, it's a martial art company and they're trying to sell us these, these marketing items, right? To market to different students, to bring different school people to our websites. And the guy sends me uh, an article of you know, different kids punching this red-haired kids, blonde-haired kids, blue-eyed kids, and there's nobody that looks like me. So I said to him, listen, this is not representing my demographics at all who I serve. Why would you send me this? And he said, and I believe him, Jody, I wasn't even thinking like that. You know me, man. I said, I do know you. And I wouldn't do that, and I'm going to fix it. I said, yes, but you have to understand the default cannot be white because that's the automatic assumption you have to consider me you can't do, i don't see you 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 better see me because that's who i am i'm proud of it i'm proud of the texture of my head the broadness of my nose the thickness of my lips the color of my skin that's a part of who i am is that the only thing is that the most defining thing no it's not but it is who i am and to say you don't see that that's a lot i'll give you another example real fast my daughter who just turned six uh, everything in my house is black. A black Jesus is on my wall, black pictures, black baby dolls, black, everything to my daughter is black in my house. And when I, and my daughter wakes up, and I don't speak to my daughter right now so much on race at this moment. She loses a tooth. She says to me, Daddy, the tooth fairy is going to come see me. I say, yes, the tooth fairy is going to come see you. My daughter wakes up and says, Daddy, I saw the tooth fairy. I said, you saw the tooth fairies already? She said, yes. I said, what the tooth fairy look like? She said, daddy, she was brown like me with two Afro puffs, daddy, and I saw her climbing out my window. The point that I'm saying is that she has the right to see herself in all of her imagination. And it can't be all the angels are white, all the prophets are white, all Santa Claus is white, Frozen is white. It can't be that. We, my children need to see themselves and see themselves in the, in the divinities um, um, mentality. They need to see themselves in an intelligence mentality. They need to see themselves as cartoon characters, superheroes. These are things that privilege has given many white people. Things are changing now. 
that is the default. So you, somebody could say, I don't see race because everything looks like you. But when things don't look like us, we absolutely need to see ourselves. And this is one of the reasons why you have the Black Panther. Yes, it was a great story, but why I was so famous, because we finally get to see ourselves exclusively, and we need that just like you would need that. And when we all get to that point, then we could go, I don't see no color. Yeah, when it's when we even it up, but not while you got the lead. We can't do that. And it does not make somebody racist, but you have to acknowledge that we have the right and should see ourselves and, and have the right to look in history books and look in comic books and look at TV and look at cartoons. And the idea of beauty is just not blonde hair, blue eyes, 110 pounds at 5'9". And this is what we've been taught, directly and indirectly. Yeah. Uh, well, last week, uh, I think looking back, I referred to as, and I, oh, it's, it's easy for two uh, privileged white guys to talk about this, but I actually don't know if I've offended as and his family saying that, because mm -hmm. as you're not strictly a white guy, are you? Uh, this is my point. I, I think I've grown up, I haven't really. As you said, uh, Jaddy, I, I've been, I suppose, so absorbed by just only seeing my color. I've, I've never really thought about yeah, yeah. it until at this point. I'm just being honest and open. Yeah, I, yeah, that's good. I, I want to educate myself on this. So, yeah, as uh, are you a white guy? <laughs> no, you're ethnic <laughs> background. So, for, yeah, for anyone wondering, I'm Turkish, uh, born and raised, uh, born in the UK, but both parents Turkish. As far back as I've traced my uh, family lineage, uh, I'm a Turk. Yeah, in terms of, of race, I have never, to my knowledge, been discriminated against because of my colour uh, or because of my ethnic origins. I think when, when terrorism, in terms of terrorism from the Middle East, was at its peak, I experienced maybe the odd, very, very mild joke here and there at my expense. Um, but I would not say that I was ever held back on account of the color of my skin or of my name, my name being, uh, you know, of, of a different origin personally. But I think the thing that's going on at the minute, and Jerry, you correct me if you think I'm wrong on this one, I think I at the moment, the, <laughs> I think the the black minority at the minute is suffering far more and has been than a lot of other minorities. And I think at the minute it's been very highlighted by what's happened with George Floyd. That this is obviously not the first instance. It's not going to be the last instance. There's a lot of this going on, and we we seem to be at a tipping point with it. And these riots and everything, you can tell us more about it being someone living in the States. Uh, it's, it feels like we've reached a boiling point where people are fed up with, and we spoke last week about, it's not enough to just not be racist anymore. You need to be anti-racist. You need to actually actively now participate, Absolutely. regardless of your color, to, to eliminate racism. We need to actually stomp it out as opposed to just leading by good example and saying, well, I'm not racist and I'm going to raise my kids not to be racist. Uh, that's not enough anymore. We need to go after these people that, that are and that are damaging society. Well, um, I, I'm 100% in agreement with you. Um, the one thing I want to correct you said that, well, let me go further a little bit. When you said at the moment, this has been going on hundreds and hundreds of years. And, and, that, and I'm a successful person. I think that I'm successful. Uh, I, of course, you can always be more successful. But I have 
this is the thing that people have to realize. There is overt racism. This is the, this is the easy racism to follow. Hey, you N-word, uh, uh, you honky, cracker, you, whatever you want to call somebody. That's, that's easy. That's easy. Racism systematically is, in, as I said earlier, your religious systems, your educational system, your, your, uh, your judicial system, your legislation. It's in your police system. Black people are not, do not pull the strings in those systems. We don't run those systems. So what has to happen is people like you and JC, you guys have to go back to your communities and have those hard conversations because many times, uh, many white people assume just because they didn't hear the word N-word or hear somebody burning, a, 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 somebody burning on a cross and being lynched, then the racism ends right there. And it absolutely doesn't. It is slick. It is, like I said, it is slick in all of those systems that I've just mentioned, but we don't control any of them, right? So you, black people are in slavery, and then you come out of slavery, and then you go right into Jim Crow. Then you, come out of, then you come out of Jim Crow and you go right into the war on drugs and it's back to back to back to back. Every black leader has been assassinated, right? And they have put instigators and, and, and people who provoke things into these movements. And so this continues to go on. And the same issues that Marlo the King, with all due respect, as great as he was, he's a, he's a black person that white people love to throw up because it's safe. Don't fight back. Love everybody. Invite everybody. He's a Charles Xavier. When Magneto wasn't necessarily wrong, right? These people want to kill us. They want to destroy us. We got to fight back. So the beautiful thing, let's just go with Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. The one of the great things that made Martin Luther King be so successful is because we knew right after that the result was Malcolm X. You're going to deal with one, you're going to deal with the other. And, and even during those times, Martin was a hated man. And we always celebrate dead black people. You know, Martin Luther King is gone. We celebrate him. When he was alive, they hated him. Muhammad Ali, as he got older and wasn't as active, they hated him in the beginning. Malcolm hated him, right? These are things at, uh, Black Panther Party hated them. There was nobody that anybody ever said, that's the guy. And so we have to be real careful and understand as we proceed to eliminate racism, you have to understand where the anger comes from with black people. Uh, and you also have to understand that white people do have a responsibility to talk amongst themselves about fixing those systems in which they control. We don't control them. And, and that's just the reality. And then you have people who, yes, in the, in the movement that we have now with the, with the, with the, um, the looting, I don't condone all of that. I don't, I don't agree with all of that. However, when has the reply to injustice never been violence? This is the American way. We bombed the Middle East when we had a problem with that. That didn't fix 9-11. We bombed them. And we didn't care about their infrastructure. We didn't care about their highways. We didn't care about the children that was lost. We didn't care about their schooling. We didn't care about their businesses. We had to make a point that any transgression that comes against America, we have to retaliate with violence every single time. This is America. This is the way. And then people say, hey, you know, there's peaceful protest. When Kaepernick took a knee, nobody wanted to hear that. You broke, they broke all the treaties that they made with the Indians. This is America. This is what they've shown us. So now what? Now what, now, could you, could you imagine, you know, America sends diplomats all over the world. And diplomats speak to other heads of countries and states. But you know what the, the, the elephant in the room is? The elephant in the room is because the diplomat has a military behind him. Could you imagine if the diplomat wanted to make a point where no 
threat of violence behind them, a country could easily go, whatever, we don't gotta listen to you, but why do we listen to the diplomat? Because we know that if we cannot have a reconciliation, there will be potential violence. And no country that I've known in history in America has ever settled their transgressions when, hey, let's just have this kumbaya meeting. It is all, I don't necessarily have to agree, but the reply has always been violence. And how long? How long do we sit in this position and then say we don't have to listen to these people? And it's not just now. This has been going on for years and years and years and years. It's the hate that produced the hate. It's interesting. And we have you're bringing, yes. excuse me to interrupt, Jad. It's interesting if you think you're bringing up. I'd like to expand on them, if I may. Uh, the, since speaking to you last week, as I've said, I've tried to educate me through sources that I can, but I'd like to actually speak to someone, uh, you know, again, who's knowledgeable like yourself on it. So, for instance, you talk about uh, it's, uh, you know, we, we only see what's on media and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, uh, for instance, I'll try to get to it, uh, in the 13th Amendment, the 13th Amendment of, uh, of America is uh, basically to stop people being enslaved, if I'm correct. Uh, yeah, I, I was reading up on it then. Well, actually, that amendment in itself, it's got a clause where only the people that are criminal uh, can now be basically enslaved, uh, put in prison. And the whole prison system in America is a business now. Uh, absolutely. You've got a quarter of the world's prison population in America. Uh, one in three black men is likely statistically to spend life in jail. Uh, mm -hmm. And this is all, yeah, maybe you can explain it for us, but what, what I was reading, and uh, it, it's, it's all down to like the constitutional issue with the 13th Amendment that you can't keep people in prison, but if you make black people the enemy, they go to prison and then they become good business. Yes. Well, you're getting deep right now. Well, <laughs> keep, this, keep, this, keep this in mind, and, 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 let's, and let's use history. When, when Hitler put the Jews in oven, I'm, and I'm going to stop right there, it's a horrible Holocaust. For, for him to do that, he had to present them with rhetoric of them being bad people, criminal vermin of the earth, so that when you murder people in masses, or you incarcerate them, or, or, or you, you kill them, that there won't be an outcry because you already sold them to the public. You pre-framed the public as look at these savages, dogs, animal thugs, right? So there won't be an outcry. So what has America done, right? We are, we are thugs, savages, killers. Look at these savages. Look how they act in the, in, in the hood. Look, look, so that when we get murdered, there is no outcry, right? It, it, you take away, you desensitize the people. Think about this. Let, let me tell you why, George. As much as we talk about, uh, uh, as much as we talk about uh, George Floyd right now and police brutality, let me tell you why. And I'm not saying it's not all sincere, but let me tell you why, in general, the world can come together under George Floyd, because not only was it film, but it was, it was a perfect murder. And this is what I mean. He never bucked it off me. He never cursed. He didn't run away as though that assumed murder. He didn't, the $20 bill wasn't counterfeit as though that deserves murder. He did nothing. He didn't no resist. No, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Had, had he had a gun on him, whether he used it or not, it would have been justified. 
Why? Because you have now labeled the people savages that the outcry. You are desensitized. Had he said, get the hell off of me, you goddamn cop. He fucked up. It would have been justified. Had he ran away, would have been justified. This is, this is the level of insensitivity that we have towards black people now. And then, and then when you murder him, then you want to bring up when he stole crayons when he was in fifth grade, right? You want, yeah. this, is, this, this is to desensitize the public, to dehumanize him. This is the same mind that put the Jews in ovens and the world stood by before we, 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 inter we uh, interrupted that and we attacked. But this is the same, you gotta watch history, it's the same situation. We have to desensitize people towards them. And once we do that, we can justify murder. Unarmed men are, are being killed. You a cop, man, learn how to fight. If, I, if me and JC got in a problem and I got in a fight with JC and I said, I felt threatened, I'll go to jail. I will go to jail. It, it's not a baton that comes out, a stun gun. It's not a shot in the leg. These are people that get murdered, and they and this is what you hear. Shouldn't have been a criminal. Shouldn't have ran. Shouldn't have had a gun on you. I'm not saying pointing at the cop. Shouldn't have had a gun on you. Now there's a guy, and this is what I also want people to understand. This is not just George Floyd, right? This is Ahmaud Arbery, right? This is Breonna Taylor, right? This is Emmett Till. This is history after history after history. Listen, I just, I just want to say this. I don't think people realize this. I have a son who's, who's um, 15 and he's 16. At 11 years old, this is what I had to tell my son. No running at night. No hoodies. Cop come up to you, get on your knees, put your hands up to the sky. When you walk behind a crowd of people, have your keys out so they realize that you're going someplace. I got to give my son a survival kit to come home to his father every day. And I thought it was just me until I had a conversation with a couple of other fathers. We just talking. And I said, man, that's what I got to tell my son. They Jody, you tell your son that too? I tell my son that. No hoodies, no run. See, privilege. See, no, I'm not saying everybody, but white people don't got to raise their kids and tell them that. When you all get in trouble, you tell your kids, run to the cops. When, we, when our kids get in trouble, we tell them, run from them. And, I, and I've been, I'm not a thug, I'm not a criminal, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I've never been in trouble. I'm, I can tell you stories of me just walking, walking down the street with a cop car pinned me up against a wall. Get your hands up, nigga. No reason. I, I was upset one time, I told the cop, you're an idiot. This is a cop, he pulled a gun out, he pointed to me, he said, why don't you go run now? Give me a reason and run. This is what, I'm 15, 16. That would sit with me for the rest of my life. And all I was doing was walking. See, this is, these, are, these are the things that we see all the time. And, and somebody could say, you know, it's not just pull yourself up by the bootstrap. You tell them bootless people to pull themselves up by the bootstrap. When you get free labor for 400 years, I mean, you get a head start. You get a head start in business. You get a head start in agriculture. You get a head start in farming. And then you release black people into a, into a society where they was called they was, they was taught to hate themselves, their religion, their culture, their God. We don't wear our names, we wear your names. And you set those people free. And then you have them, they don't, where, where are we going to go? We didn't have 40 acres in a mule. Then we got to work for you. Okay, then we work for you, our former slave owners. You're barely paying us. But because we can't afford certain communities, then you, you, you herd them into a certain community. Now it's poverty. We don't get the same schooling. We don't get the same education. Remember, we wasn't even supposed to read or vote. Then you herd them into that community. And then they grow up and their children see that it completes the cycle. Then you say, okay, integration. Or then whites only bathroom. And then after that was over, then you, you put drugs in the community. 
And then you say, I made it, you made it. A couple, listen, black people are celebrated far too much. It's the, it is the only place where white people will scream for us, cheer for us, yell our names, take our autographs in some kind of sports or entertainment. If I'm not blitzing somebody, if I'm not kicking somebody, if I'm not somebody, Beyonce's not singing a song, Jay-Z is not rapping, where else do we get celebrated? And it's unfortunate that this is America. And even though certain things in America, there is a mentality of white supremacy. They all share the same mind, whether they're in the UK throwing, watching a soccer game, whether they are in, in, in another part of the region. It's the same mentality. And if people want to speak on black people's experiences and go, no, that, that's not true. Nobody can speak on our experience. We live it. Listen to the people who are highly qualified in it, who live it. And I think, and I think great podcasts like this, where we can sit down and have a real conversation about real issues that affect the both of us. Because racism has affected white people just like it has affected white black people. And together, we all got to fix a problem. But it absolutely not end with just black people trying to fix it. Absolutely, we need the other side to contribute and to be responsible enough to talk to their communities about past atrocities that do lead up to right now. Absolutely. And also about acknowledging the wrong so that we can fix it and move forward. Thank you moving those biases subconsciously and consciously. Sorry, Janet. It's, it's, uh, you can really hear the emotion in your voice. Uh, like you're very composed, but you can hear how it affects you. It's frustrating because like you said, the, the change needs to come from, from the white community. We need to kind of sort it out amongst ourselves. However, the problem is, is that it doesn't affect white people, not negatively in the way that it affects black people. So therefore, like white people don't care in the same way. They'll say yes, they care yes. and they'll try yes. to, to present it, but, but it doesn't directly affect them. And it's the same with so many other things. Like you ask people about uh, protecting wildlife and animals that are going near extinction. And it's the same. If it doesn't directly affect you, if you're not seeing it in your day to day, it's people aren't getting behind it. And that's where I think it gets a bit stuck because the, the change really has to come from the other side. But the other side doesn't bear the responsibility because they don't bear the trauma and the pain. Yes. That, but what they yes. do, and I guess what they're bearing more, is the guilt. Uh, and yes. that's being put on over time with pressure. But how, yes. much, how much death needs to happen? How much guilt does there need to be before we see you know, dramatic change, like prolific change that's actually going to break the cycle. Because that's what scares me. Uh, and that's what I hear and, and feel in people's frustration is that it doesn't feel like we're anywhere near the end. Like we're, we're seeing improvements and things are getting better, but we seem to just be in the thick of a war uh, where, where just the black community is just being demolished. Yes, it's, it's, it's real. Well, this is the thing. Many times we don't interact with each other unless it's at some sporters events. You know, we act like, you know, this great divide. Our communities exclusively look like our communities. And, and, and your communities, not just in general I'm talking, your communities look exclusively like your, your community. It is stated that once a white community becomes 7 to 10% of black people and brown people who start to move in, white people tend to move out. Right. We also have stats that show that there is redlining where you, you, you don't allow certain loans or you won't show certain houses to certain black people because you want to keep the community a certain way. All of that has to be broken up. It's systematic. 
it, 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 is, it is just like having gravity. You're so used to having it that you don't see the big deal. We all have gravity on us. You don't feel like it because you're born into it. You're born into an elitist and privilege. And, and this is the thing I want to be clear. It doesn't mean you don't struggle. It just means that because your name is uh, uh, Brad Smith, you won't, lose it. you won't get discriminated against a job despite your resume, where if I'm coming in as Raheem Smith, somebody's going to look at that, that resume different. It, it doesn't mean that you didn't have a hard time, that your parents didn't, didn't mean that black people didn't say smart stuff to you. It just means that you have systems that will completely benefit you 100%. Where I'm sitting here and I have to tell my children about having a certain mindset for the world that they've got to navigate in the same way that my mother did for me. Right? So it goes back to, like you said, if it doesn't affect you directly. So you have to, you have to stop. The world has convinced people that racism has this overt look of uh, don't give them a job. Like you like somebody's gonna say that. Racism has evolved. It is slick. Before they used to assassinate you, they ain't like you. That was the 60s. That was obvious. You can't get away with that right now. So what, what, what do they do? They'll kill you socially. They'll write you off to be a certain way. They'll kill you economically. You can't get a job. I want you to take a knee. They'll lynch you in other ways. And you have to see that, the slickness and the evil in it and the wickedness in it. So I get, like, like you said earlier, I get tired of having to explain it. But the most I could do is get my daughter and my son prepared for it and to teach them how to navigate to the best of their ability for them and teach them how to love themselves because this is going to come into a world where you, beauty won't be your standard and, and, and things won't, you won't be given the benefit of the doubt. And it won't always be an, evil, uh, an equal race where you got to run faster, jump higher, push harder, work longer. That's the reality of it. This, this, is, this is what privilege affords you. So it goes back to the mindset of racism indirectly of we're better or the fact that you could ignore another race all has to be broken up all that has to be broken up and so when you see buildings burning and being looted that's what we say break it all up burn it all down i'm not saying i agree but i understand right this is what has sometimes you got to destroy before you could build and it's unfortunate but i don't i don't see it either this is this has been since our, our genesis in here, that this has been something that we have been dealing with, having the same conversations that we had 60, 70, 80, 90 years ago about justice and equality for all. And I don't put my hand on the flag. Some people got a problem with it. Last week, uh, I wouldn't have known where to start with you, to be honest, Jaddy. And I would say in a, in a week, uh, I'd like to call it a, a moment of clarity. I'll speak about that in another podcast. I've woken up to this. And uh, as a white guy, I'd like uh, people to hear this and wake up to it as well. And uh, like your emotion resonates with me, as in I can't understand or... Uh, but I can understand emotion and I've got a 15 year old daughter and to imagine having to say to my daughter don't do this don't do that because of the actual risk of being killed mm -hmm. it, it, it is, is mad it, yeah, it's, and like you were saying like, uh, again uh, sort of what I've uh, read into and uh, explored is you're saying it's so slick like law and corporations are working together in America to, to, to pass things to, to criminalize black people. The, the plea bargain, was it the uh, Clinton era? Uh, the plea bargain. 
97% of people that were trial that uh, were committed for a crime uh, didn't go to trial. They they pleaded guilty. Yes. 97% of people that yes. pleaded guilty, even if they weren't. And like, excuse me for not knowing the names. I'm not that well educated yet. But it's like, such a five. Uh, yeah, I, well, I, there was two. There was one, like you mentioned about, like you were saying about the sun, it made me think, uh, and like the penny dropped. It's like, uh, they were saying on this particular thing that, uh, I, uh, you've got the right to defend yourself. There was another, another thing passed, you've got the right to defend yourself. A white guy's got the right to defend himself, not a black guy. So the, this black cop, this white cop chased the black guy. The black guy turned on him, had no gun, had nothing. The, black, the white guy shot himself, uh, shot him dead, and he got off as the police officer. They said he has the right to defend himself. Yes. But if it was the black guy that defended himself and so happened killed the white guy, that wouldn't be the same. Absolutely not. But the thing about it is that, you know, it, it always goes back to just that he shouldn't have been committing crime. You are not the jury... In, 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 this, in, in the Grim Reaper, it's, you're not my executioner. That's why we have a judicial system that we're supposed to go through a trial that is also broken. So th listen, I, I, would be, I, would be, I would be crazy uh, to say that police don't fear danger and that they don't have a tough job. One of the issues with policing is that many of these people come into our communities who don't even live in our communities, right? Who don't even look like us who come in there, this is what I'm saying, with preconceived notions and biases in the head to govern a community, and then they deal with us with the, listen, one of the scariest things is the imagination of white people. And when I say that, and I'm speaking in general, when I say that is the fact that I can't run with a hoodie because you make your imagination would assume I'm a criminal. The fact that I, if I'm walking behind you, I gotta pull my keys out to soothe your imagination that I may be doing something. When I gave, I got pulled over, um, cop pulled me over. I roll my windows down. I pull the keys out the ignition. I put both of my hands out like this. So he comes up to me. Cause I want him to see the keys and I want him to see both of my hands. And, I, and he's talking to me and say, officer, I'm gonna go in my registration right now it's just my registration. I have no weapons on me. And I got my hand, I'm moving slow like this. And I go to put my hand, obviously I'm going to pull out my registration. This is what I gotta do to feel like I gotta live. This is what I gotta do. Hindsight, let's say something happened to me. The first thing they were doing, Bobby shouldn't have been speeding. Bobby shouldn't have had those tents on his car. Right, this, this is the interaction. Well, my mother got to tell me, please be careful. My mother, 70-year-old woman, to this day, Johnny, be careful, right? Because I have to soothe the imagination of somebody else because of their biases. And this is the thing that people don't understand. They don't even realize they have biases. You know, black people don't see themselves as great as they should. And white people see themselves as elitist and more superior, which they shouldn't. And you have, a, you have a demographic who has been fed nothing good looks like them. And you have a demographic that has been fed everything wonderful and marvelous and godlike looks like them. We win, we win tournaments, you give us trophies of your image. Right? This is things you don't see. This is because the default is white. Just, just hey, just regular. Right? This, this, is, this is the issues that we deal with, man.
that I have to tell tell, tell my daughter to the point where JC, I gotta I gotta go so over the top. Well, I gotta go. Oh, Dad, look at that superhero. Let me find you the brown version of her, because I gotta break that cycle, right? And this where Barbie. Okay, yeah, they got black Barbies, but they look like white people with just dog dog skin. It doesn't celebrate. And I'm not saying this in a racist sense. I'm saying this in the sense that. You have the right to love what you look like. I have the right to still be provided the same thing, which gives me a certain confidence about myself, which allows me to navigate with my head up and never the victim. Always the talent, never the manager. Always the athlete, never the owner. No, sir, not this time around. I want ownership. I, wanna, I don't want to be the athlete. I want management. I want the property. Why well, I got to be the player, not the owner of the team? There was a time they said black quarterbacks they wasn't smart enough. This is the 90s, bro. Black quarterbacks wasn't smart enough to play the game. This is what we're dealing with. People who believe this. And, they, and, and these are people who happen to run the world at this present moment. So we need everybody's voices, your voices, this podcast voices. People understand that when, when we speak about Black Lives Matter and all lives matter, we come with that stuff. So it's always a problem with black. But again, that's that subconscious mind that always shows themselves. And people, it's easily to ignore it because it doesn't have to affect you because you live in your community. Do you realize that you could go all your life without seeing a black person? You can really do that. I can't do that. Meaning that if I'm gonna have to deal with somebody Caucasian one time or another. There are people who can go all their lives in their community, bro, and not deal with us at all. And it's crazy. And this is what we deal with. Yeah, back to the uh, plea bargain thing that I was saying, like 97% of people don't even get to have a trial for something yes. that they've been yes. incriminated for that they potentially didn't do uh, just because it was easy to plead guilty. Like my yes. other example, again, please excuse me not knowing uh, the guy's name, who then later... There's more than one, so I get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, like, the example was, like, he turned around and said... It, like, he was a young lad, he was 16, 15, 16. He turned around and said, no, I didn't do it. I'm not taking the plea bargain. And because of that, he was penalized even more by the justice system. He was beaten. He was bullied. He was beaten. He was bullied. He was beaten in the, uh, in the penal system. Then later, three years after all of that, he uh, was found evidence proved that he was not mm -hmm. guilty in the situation. Let's say he was murder. Yes. Three years of the trauma, he, he took his own life. When he killed his son. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Jabby, it's like, man. Yeah, the penny's dropping for me now. Yeah, it, it um, you know, and the sad thing is, I'm not saying if you didn't do nothing, you don't go, you shouldn't go to jail, or you shouldn't pay the crime. But there are many cases like this, where even, even from the Central Park Five, where you, you have the president now saying, even though that was exonerated, they was, they, was, they was innocent. They, the government had to pay them money. He still said the death penalty should be on him, and he doesn't want to apologize. Now, this is the president of the free world. And you and I know, just like a martial arts school, whoever the instructor is, the school takes the personality of the instructor. Whoever the leader is of any organization, that thing that they lead, that that personality determines the culture of said school, said club. Think about now who we have the president. Reckless, right? Uh, a narcissist who can't even apologize when something is wrong, who creates divide, and he determines the culture of a country, regardless. And this is what we deal with. This is what we live with, man, every day. Yeah, and you know what? I don't, I don't, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, I was going to move on. My next thing I was going to say was about leaders as well. And like, it was only yesterday how, uh, again, I can't remember the source exactly where I was uh, following up on it, but how through history, uh, your, your, your race, the colour, has... The, your leaders, you said it earlier in the podcast, you had no leaders. You have, like, they, they got killed. They got taken away. They, you, you've got no, like you say, it's just yeah, the sport. Hope. The people you've, have hope, yes. You've got no one to aspire to. Like, you know, they, they took all the dads away in the slaves. So straight away, all the kids ain't got a parent. And then that happened then later on through the, you know, the prison system for everything. It's yeah. like, yeah. You're, you're taking a race down a peg, down a peg. You're chopping off of their any inspiration to feel better. So Absolutely. in your own community, you're feeling that you're not worthy. Absolutely. You know, you, you, you have, and, and, and which goes back to, you know, we have a lot of issues to deal with. Black people have their own issues. I mean, even amongst killing one another, right? Even, even those situations, but we all understand that due to proximity and, and, and we, white people clearly see, listen, you don't, white and white crime is not a thing. You don't hear that term. You don't hear Asian and Asian crime. See, this is funny. People will say all lives matter, right? But when it's speaking of black people, they'll get very specific. Black crime. What about when y'all kill each other? See, you can accept it. And what about when y'all kill each other? Oh, you can understand. It happened to all crime matters. Now you can clearly make the case to diminish from another group or another movement. It's always that. It's always whatever they do, diminish it. Right, all the leaders, like I said, any leader, whether it be Malcolm X, Elijah Muhammad, Minister Louis Farrakhan, whether whether it's Al Sharpton, whether what, I'm just speaking about whether it's MLK, whether it's Marcus Garvey, whether it is SNCC, whether it's Fred Hampton, what, whoever it is, have always there's not been one leader who has been celebrated unless they gave you him. And we we don't want to hear Condoleezza, Candace Owens, you know. Or, or, or Ben, ben uh, 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 the, the, the surgeon, the Ben guy, I forgot his last name right now. But we don't want to, we don't want Ben Carr, we don't want, those people don't speak for us. You know, and, and, and like you said, when you, kill, when you remove the male from the home, you kill, then you got the criminal system. Listen, we had school owners with this recession that had, we had people who were protesting over two months over COVID, give us our jobs back storming the federal builders with guns. And then they, and then there was quotes among them like, this is how crime starts. So we clearly understand there is a direct connection with poverty and crime, that good people will do wrong things when they feel like they cannot feed their family. And if you take that, now these are school owners saying this, bro. So uh, martial arts school is a discipline, integrity, focus, perseverance, guys, saying that if you continue this, crime will happen. Then what happens to a people who are born into that? Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Because you're not even, you're not even two generations away from what you were saying, very clear racism, where you weren't getting jobs. You weren't having opportunity to earn money or get education. You're not even two generations off of that. So there is a huge deficit, which then of means course. that your community has far more people who are undereducated yes. or in these situations where they're more likely to get involved with gangs. Uh, and again, it just it just feels like a vicious cycle that's going to be... The really cycle, absolutely. Break. Absolutely. You 100% spot on. And it's good that you can see that. 
Some people, you're making an excuse. I'm a successful guy. I never, I never got into gangs. Listen, I had a friend of mine, really close friend. I'm outside with him. He, he was selling drugs. And I was the guy that, he's a really nice guy. He said to me, Jody, I mean, one day we was in the park. I'll never forget this. He said, Jody, I'm about to do something that I know that you're not that kind of guy. And I need you to leave. And I left. Like, this is, this is real close to me. Um, and, and you got some of us who, who break that cycle, right? And you got some of us who are stuck in that, in that, listen, as a kid, my gym teacher was my, <laughs> my gym teacher was my, my basketball coach, my baseball coach, my football coach. One guy, 30 kids in one class. We, we had basketball and we had baseball and was in a park. We didn't have no gloves. Like we had to get borrowed gloves, like the funding to those communities. So, so. I go to my another friend's house uh, about, about two hours away. I go to his school. They got a wrestling team, a baseball team, a debate team, a swimming team. Uh, two different experiences as kids growing up. And then you talk about redlining where, where they, they put you in certain communities and banks won't even give you certain loans. Listen, if you're familiar with the game of Monopoly, imagine this. Imagine me and you playing Monopoly and you, you got access to the game let's say four years ahead of me. And then you probably say to me, now I'm gonna let you in the game, but you already got the houses built and the hotels. And then you say, but I'm gonna give you 1500. Now go around the board, but I ain't gonna let you buy certain properties. How do I compete with that? How do I compete with that? But, but, but you pass go, you get $200, but, but you have a head start in business, agriculture, how systems work. How do I compete with that? We're talking centuries, right aren't we? We're yes, centuries. yes, I just said four years. Exactly. And it starts the cycle that I pass, I can't, I can't pass my child a job, you're passing your child a business, right? You could say, here's equity. Let me pass you down this house that we got from grandfather, got from grandfather, got from grandfather, and we invested into this business, right? So I, so I can do those things now, and it's a struggle, but I, I'm doing those things now. But for the masses of us, Right? How do we compete with that? And all I'm saying is this, I'm not asking for nobody's handouts or no, but what I'm saying is acknowledge the wrong so we can fix it and move on. For you to say, nah, it ain't, it's no wrong. It's just equal. See, equal doesn't mean fair. If me and you are looking over a gate and the gate is six feet tall and I got four books and I give you four books, that's equal, but you only five feet. But I'm six feet tall and I got four books. See, but we're not looking at the same view right now, right? We want equality. I want, I want to be able to look out the window like you able to look out the window. Don't give me four, don't give me four books and I got four books. We both stand, you got four books. But the fence is still too high for you. That's what, that's what we have. This, listen, we, you had to make laws for white women to vote. Think about this. White men had to make laws against other white men to allow white women to vote. Think about this. They had to go against each other for the benefit of white women to vote. And we're just asking for the same allies to give us some of those benefits to, to fight for what we're fighting for and not hear all lives matter. Not at this time. I got two children, bro. When I talk to my son for doing something stupid, I don't talk to my daughter. I deal with him exclusively. Hey, Jabril, let me have a talk with you, man. You can't be doing this. There are times I have a conversation that deal with all of us. But when I check my son or check my daughter about what they did, I deal with them exclusively. Right? So... All we asking for is the same thing that we're dealing with certain things that we are that are affecting us exclusively, 
that we're asking for others who have power and have influence to help though, help us or aid us in that battle because we can't do it alone. It has to be everybody's input to fight white supremacy because we didn't create it alone. Right? So, as well, maybe you can, uh, you, maybe you know a bit more. Like, where, where do we sit with uh, European history and all of this? So, like, we're talking about American history. Like, we, we don't have, like, maybe I'm wrong, we don't have the same racial or gun or uh, criminal system or, or anything like that as the states. So, what, where, where do we sit racially in Europe or more so in the UK? Because that's where, where I reside. Well, I'm, I don't live in the UK, but I can tell you this. The UK is, is for anybody to believe the UK is not as racist, it's crazy. Let me, let me say, the Dutch own the Caribbean. The British own the Caribbean. These are people who went over to these places, raped, robbed, stole the land, and now have all of the indigenous people working for them in their resorts. That money doesn't come back to the land. That's the Dutch, the Spaniards, the British, the West Indies, when they talk with the accent. That's y'all. So it's the same mind. It just may not because your police don't have guns. But I'm sure the, 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 I'm sure the justice system and the jail system is full of black people over there too. Right? So, so this, is, this is the same mind. It's, it's, it's just slicker. We all, listen, the, the same dog that bit us, bit them over there. The same snake that bit us, bit them over there. Let's be clear. Those boats that, those boats that picked up them slaves, came from Europe. It wasn't just America. They came from Europe. And it came over here and conquered these lands. That mind hasn't changed. And if it has changed, why are they not fighting against America over here to stop the nonsense? Yeah, well, the UK had one of the largest uh, slave ports. So back when slavery was a thing and they were coming from Africa to get to America, this is where they were stopping off. This is where they were Absolutely. refueling. This is where they were, uh, you know, throwing over the dead bodies that hadn't made it Absolutely. to the halfway mark. So yes. uh, I think, like, I know passes. Europe struggles with this. We try to wash our hands of it because we like to say it wasn't us. Mm -hmm. We weren't bringing yes. them over. Yes. But to say that we weren't a part of it is, is just, it's just wrong. But it gets Absolutely. brushed under the rug. And that's the problem, isn't it? Is it's not in our education system. It wasn't taught in our schools. It's not covered in our history lessons. We cover slavery, but at no point in my history lessons did we cover the fact that boats stopped in London, stopped in the UK at ports, and then made their way over to the States. It was, it was never mentioned. So it's, it's up well, to we people to self-educate. Yeah, we don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have, even now, um, we don't have... Um, in-depth language of, of, of the history of slavery as it pertains to America as well. You know, you brush it under the rug. And, then it's, and this is not me, see, sometimes it's not me trying to guilt anybody, right? This is just me telling you the mentality of the condition of people, how it starts, and how everybody has an imp impact in it. You know, the UK is killing Africa right now, right? With, with, with certain sanctions or, 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 or certain profits that they make. Right. This is this or how they deal with the Africans over there. This is not something that people act like. Oh, that's, that's just an uh, 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 American problem. Money, money has slave masses printed on it. Right. This is America. This is white culture, whether we want to accept it or not. Right. So again, I think that um, it's it's going to be guys like you who speak. Uh, Jamie, think about this. You said that within the last week you started educating yourself more. Correct. Yes. Think about the privilege 
of having to study it and not experience it. Yeah. For you to find out about it, you had to study it, or I had to just be born. That's privilege. And, and I appreciate that's That's not me knocking you. That's no, me no, giving no, honor to that. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That I appreciate that, that I have to experience what you just get the luxury to study. Jenny, I, I could have sat and just watched telly. I could have just watched Netflix. So I could have just read about this. I was shocked to all this last week just reading about it. Uh, I, I wanted to speak to someone about it. Someone, and I knew that you would bring that, uh, that experience, that, that real, real life. I, I refer to myself uh, as, a, as a warrior of light, as in I, I lead uh, our martial arts, our, uh, my children, uh, with a light of a way that I think you should conduct yourself. It's good positivity. Mm -hmm. and all of, yes, all of yes. That. Yes. But what I've realized this last week, there are other lights. And they might not be a positive light, but they are still a light that people are drawn to. Uh, and it might be parents of kids who are racist and bring up their kids' racist. Yes. And it's like, just shining your light ain't enough. Just shine, you got to shine that light brighter. you got to turn yes. more heads your way. And that's yes. where I feel my part of this will now play. Uh, my, you know, maybe small, insignificant part. No, 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 I got you. And that's why I'm doing this. You know, is there any resources you can recommend? Uh, is there any, you know... I think it's a I great book that I think... I think it's a great book that people should read from Tim Wise, um, um, White Like Me. I think that's a, that's, a, that's a great book. Is that Tim Wise as in uh, Smart? W-I-S-E. W-I, yes. And I the think title what, again? White like me, yeah, and it's a book from, uh, from a Caucasian gentleman that's speaking on privilege. White fragility, um, that's another great book to read. Um, it, 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 it is um, amazing, man. Um, the information is out there, but people don't like to read about certain things, or it's painful, right? Because it, it, it can make you feel like it was you, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean it had to be you. It's a, People don't realize that you absolutely benefit from what was left. To say you don't is crazy. It doesn't mean you had to be racist. It doesn't. But you have to understand that you was given a baton with a 400-year head start. How wouldn't it benefit you? Right? So we all have to realize people like you guys, your podcast, will also allow people to have an open mind. And we don't have to have everybody agree with everything. Listen, you know how many, the same way people come together for abortions or anti-abortion, or they come together for the rights of animals. That same energy has to be applied for human rights as well. Has how Black Lives Matter as well. All of that, that same energy. It can't be for a horse. And, and, then, and then you don't have that same empathy for my, my son, right? Or my daughter, right? You, 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 you have to have, if not even more, Right, and that, that same energy that you, the same energy that you know you will go and you will go by uh, Anthony Joshua boxing, scream his name. You know, this, that same energy that you would spend all that money to do his ticket and yell and scream for him is the same energy that you have to fight for his rights that affect those acts that you should. It would be nice. I'm not gonna say you have to do anything, but it would be nice, right? That same, and that's all that we're asking for is that people, because it, it being fair, everything is not racist all the time either. Sometimes, as a people, we, we can make... Sometimes you're, you're a jerk. You shouldn't have reached for nobody's gun. I understand that. I would not be blind to a non-go. The dude reached... 
for his the cops gun, the cop shot, and the cops shouldn't did it with straight. That's absolutely crazy to me. But sometimes when you don't have a weapon, or when you ran away, that does not justify death either. And it has to be. You have to be real careful of what we choose to ignore. You know, yeah, and, and it's I, taking I, it out of context. It's yes, just a small yes, piece of the puzzle. It's yes, not looking at the whole yes, picture. Yes, yes, and and that's the key. That sometimes it's easy to see if you committed to something. It's easy. It's easy for you to say, "I'm not. I'm not paying attention to Black Lives Matter because they burnt down the store." Again, I don't agree with it. They burnt down the building. If that takes your mind off of racism, systematic racism and brutality, you was never committed in the first place. Because listen, I, I run this, I run my business. The protest was coming up the street. I get a phone call, hey Jody, the protest is coming towards your building. I felt like a deep, oh boy, stress. I was bothered. I was rubbing my head like I would hate for anything to happen to my business that I've been running for 20 years. It feeds my family. I would hate for anything. And I would be so disappointed and I would be so hurt if anything happened to my business. But I would still understand. And it still wouldn't take away from racism and brutality, even at my cost. See, you can't want war, wage a war for right and think there won't be no casualties, even if it's even if I am the direct benefit of me not having what even if my building got burned down even if my school got burned down and still not be passionate about racism because something benefit something hurt my feelings my goal or my drive or my passion is so much bigger than my own business that's the kind of commitment that you have to be have if you're serious about racism, even if something goes wrong or even if it doesn't benefit you in your way and you got to be a casualty to that then you got to be a goddamn, you got to be a casualty for it. But don't tell me you fighting for what I'm fighting for and as soon as something don't go your way, you worrying about a building burning in a community that you never even visited. You worrying about a, a, a target being burnt down from a people that you never even come to their community. You never even support those black businesses. You never go to those black barbershops. You never go to those black sneaker stores or hat stores or black restaurants. Now you're concerned. No, now you got a scapegoat to go. Look at them burning down their communities that we don't invest in, that we don't go visit, that we redline them in. You got, you got kids in here that learn gymnastics from flipping on a mattress. Kids that know how to play basketball from basketball courts that had grass growing up out the concrete because the city didn't maintain it. Broken hoops. Garbage all on the street because it's not a garbage man. A garbage man comes once a week, so you got a building of 200 people that have to put their garbage on the street. Now you have rats in the building. It's not that they're dirty. We don't have the same people maintaining our communities the way you do, cutting our grass the way you do. And then you label them and I don't got to worry about, you wasn't worried about the community anyway, so now don't make it a big deal. Because if you did, you would have saw the anger that was brewing in them before it came to this. But you have the privilege to ignore, to not look at it, because it, it's 10 miles away from you. Man, I've been in places, and, I, and I'm sure it's where you at too, where there's a bridge that separates poverty and success. A bridge or a street. Where as soon as you go down, you, as soon as you go down on 95th and 5th Avenue, you make a turn, you want to haul them, now it looks, now you're in a whole nother demographic where you had a, a, a community that up, up, held themselves up to a community that looks horrible. 
And don't act like white people are just the cleanest people in the world that they don't put their they garbage down. You have systems that come by, pick up the garbage, maintain the grass, maintain the parks, funding that goes into those communities, right? And, and this is what we deal with, man. So um, it's not just, it, it, it is what you said, also the books that you read. But it's, it's, also, it's, it's, it's also understanding that how money works, how business works, how, how, how government works, how your local uh, uh, congressman works. All of this happens when you hold people accountable. We just all have to start holding people accountable as well as our community. I don't put all that on, on you guys. Black people have a responsibility to themselves, right? You have to have a responsibility to yourself. My whole thing is this. When you, when you teach your people to hate the skin the way they look, listen, man, it, it's so deep that, you know, when, when, when everything that's shown in you of divinity doesn't look to you, how does a child develop confidence and love for themselves? How? When you give me a white Jesus, you, you, got, you, you telling me a story about Moses in Egypt, and you got Elizabeth Taylor playing Cleopatra. Elizabeth, you got Mel Gibson playing Jesus in the place where it's darker people. I'm not, when you black or white or whatever, and you sell these images to the world, then where, where do people find the confidence in themselves? Where do you find that at? Because that has to be built in you. How many white people do you got to say, you know, they don't have confidence in themselves as a people? You believe you're beautiful. You believe that your blonde hair, your blue eyes, and your skin is greater than mine. You believe, you show it to me every day. You tell me this. Indirectly, you tell me this. You show it to me in your comic books, your video games. You show this to, to the point where somebody had to say, hey, hey, man. Hey, you know, black lives matter too. We do matter too. And people had a problem with that. It's amazing, man. Mm. It's amazing. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a wake up call and uh, feel, feel privileged to have uh, had the opportunity to talk to you, Jaddy, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, hey, man, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to discuss with you guys something other than a punch and a kick. Yeah, you know, there have been people that put their racism to the side, who have put their racism to the side because we could do this together. Mm-hmm. And I don't let none of it fool me. No. Remember, they cheered for Jackie Robinson, and then when the game was over, they sent him to a separate bathroom. And and people would think that because they got one or two or three or four or ten black friends, if you got a black friend, then embrace his struggle as well. If you really his friend. If your friend is on a superficial level, it would always be sports and how you're a good guy, high five, we like video games together. But if you're really that person's friend, embrace it deeper than a superficial relationship that many of us have with people who don't look like us. And we assume that they with us until situations like this occur. And then you really see how people's, what side of the fence that they sit on. Silence is betrayal. Yeah. Uh, Is anything else you want to Oscar, man. Uh, Daddy, I, I think you just smashed it, to be honest. Uh, I, what I would, I guess if we're going to wrap it up, where I'd like you to, to leave us with, I am actively now trying to stop people who may not even realize that they're doing things that are racist. So for example, uh, a friend of mine the other day, we were having a conversation and he came out with the word half-caste. Uh, just very blase in the sentence, uh, just, just said half-caste. And I, what's that mean? Like I, you don't have this word. Oh, okay. no, no, I don't have that word. 
the, the derogatory word uh, for, for uh, people who are mixed race. Okay, okay. Uh, and I, I pulled him on it. Uh, I stopped him, we stopped mid-conversation. I said, you can't use that word. Uh, and then suddenly our conversation was over because we had to then discuss this. And he got instantly very defensive. He took it yes. really badly. He didn't yes. understand what I was trying to say. And then he, he kind of had an issue with me. And before I knew it, the conversation was over and we haven't spoke since. Uh, and uh, although I was completely happy with what I did, I can really see how people might be struggling because they mm -hmm. try to do what's right and they try to stand up for what's right and people spit it back in their face. And I yes. think you then realize that the people around, like you were saying, the people around you, you think that they're quote unquote good people or that they're not racist or whatever it is. Uh, and then they don't even realize it. They don't even see it in themselves. And you call them on it in a way that, you know, I was very polite about it. I was very, uh, you know, I weren't trying to point him yeah, out yeah, or anything yeah, yeah, like yes, that. Yes. Education is what I, what I was trying to do. Uh, and he takes it so bad. So it's like, do we just have to accept that that's the process that's going to have to happen, that we're going to have to break some eggs to make an omelette? Absolutely. Everybody can't come. Listen, every black person can't come. There are black people who practice white supremacy, right? There, 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 there are some black people who have, who have such an inferiority complex. Everybody can't come. It's not meant for everybody, right? So, so we have to have a like, uh, 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 a like mind, a like goal. We all have to be focused and we have to be driven past the superficial, right? We all can be friends, man, in the name of sports. We all can be friends in the name of our hobbies. You know, I like remote control cars. I have a whole bunch of friends that are white that like remote control cars, right? We could, we could, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, we could get, we could have friends. But true friendship, I hate when people say, I don't discuss religion and politics. We can't be friends. Because I got to know where you stand from a moral standpoint. Doesn't mean if I say Allah, you say Muhammad, you say Jesus, you say Jehovah, you say Yahweh, whatever. I don't, I don't get caught up. But the principles of what governs our lives are demonstrated many times into the politics that we believe in. So I need to know absolutely where you stand. And if you don't, listen, I don't deal with a certain person, black, white, brown, or whatever. You got a certain mentality, I'm not dealing with you. I don't care who you are, right? And I think what you just said, standing up for what's right. I don't have people, even in my circle, and somebody say, oh, that's racist. I'm like, listen, man. he shouldn't have been reaching for his gun. I'm real, right? Like, no, that's not racist. You was, you was an asshole. You, you shouldn't have did that. I'm not saying he should have been the murder, but certain things that I know is not, I'm like, no, we got to do better. Right, even from the sense of me speaking on right now, black on black crime, we absolutely that comes from a black inferiority thing. We absolutely have to love one of us. So we we cannot just march when somebody does it to us and then we don't say nothing to nobody else. But that's a black person part that they gotta fix, right? That doesn't take away from them marching for something else. And you can't use my family problem that I have amongst ourselves for you to justify not helping us where you can. Right, because it's many streams to one river. So I think we all have an accountability to ourselves first, and then also, like you said, to our friends, to our circle. And I really appreciate that because whether you mix, even 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 when it, when you talk about building a border for Mexican people, I was I was arguing about that. Like you can't you can't look at the rights of brown people and ignore them, and then want somebody to respect the rights of black people. You 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 when you see wrong, fight with them, fight with them. Like right, and this is. 
like what you said, it has to be all of us together. And those that don't come can't come, bro. You can't, we can't water dead plants. Right? You, you, you know, you, I don't water dead plants. If you are, if you just lock, your mind is closed, okay. I just know that we won't be interacting together with each other. Yeah. You know, evil is united, man. Dudes that do wrong stick together. <laughs> the good people have to stop being silent in the fear of, listen, I'll say this. I got more seminars around the country than any current fighter that I, that's active by far. I probably have more popularity than many of them as well. I don't give a damn about none of that. I'll give it all up to say what's right because your pride got to be above all of that. Your morality got to be above all of that. So I don't care about a seminar. Don't book me. Don't got to like me. Unfriend me. Don't say nothing. I'm perfectly fine with that. Because when I look at my children, I got to say, what you saw a man who said what he means, means what he said and scratched when I didn't itch. I didn't laugh when it wasn't funny. I said what I said, 10 toes down. And whatever come from that is going to come from that. And I'm willing to lose all of that in so-called superficial friends and fame and money for that. And it's not enough of us to do that. Example is a big thing and it brings us full circle to why I called you at the uh, first place, Chaddy. I called you because yeah. I wanted to be an example to my daughter. Uh, I wanted yes. for the next generation to see how we do something about this as yes. a white person in a in a racial time. So I can only say thank you, Chaddy, for the insight. Hey, thank the you, man, today. for having me, man. This is I've been on many, well, not many podcasts and interviews. This is probably my first one because you get to see me. I get to see you. And JC, regardless to if we fought against each other, fought on the side together, whether it's seminar you have me, I respect you more as a man now than I respect you, but as a man on a deeper level than ever. And I really appreciate both of you and your voices, man, and, and just keeping an open mind. I really, really appreciate you guys, man, honestly. And I thank you. Nah, thank you, Johnny. Johnny. We appreciate, appreciate you. Thank you. Bye. Cool. Yeah, thanks. And you look that. cool with the hat on, my brother. You look cool with the hat on. You got a little swagger about it. Daddy, any shout outs you want to do before we let you go? Hey, listen, I want I want to just thank everybody. Uh my school is in New York City. Uh TCK Martial Arts. I want to thank all of my friends, my family. I want to thank my mother, my father for my beautiful background, man, for bringing me up, um, putting that inside their son. Um, I just want to thank all you guys, all the allies. I want to say Black Lives Matter all day. And, you know, I just want to hope that we all can come together and fight racism on the highest level to the lowest level. And thank you guys again for the opportunity. It's been a privilege, Daddy. And uh, we'll, we'll catch up soon. Hopefully we're uh, yes, getting a touchdown on the same soil at some point. When, when do you post this? Uh, we're going to post uh, it Tuesday. Tuesday. We do it. Uh, we film on tag Wednesday. Me. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Tag me. Of course, sir. Hey, guys, man, have a great one, and thank you again. Yeah, we'll, we'll speak soon, Jaddy. I'll follow up. All right. We'll Take care. How do I say cheers? I say cheers. See you later, mate. Cheers. <laughs> baby, say hi. Say hi to my baby. Hey. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got some cheers, Daddy. mate. Cheers, mate. All right. Cheers, mate. <laughs>